What a minister. Oh my God, welcome to Pilgrims 2023. If your neighbor is not excited, ah, uh, you need to change neighbors. You need to you need to divorce them. Run away, run away from them before they, you know, we are excited. It's very good to see you. We belong to an amazing church. One of the core responsibilities of a shepherd is to gather the flock. So when you find a shepherd who is constantly gathering the flock, that's a good shepherd. When a shepherd gathers the flock, doesn't gather them, what does he do? That's the opposite. They scatter. So when you find a shepherd who is constantly gathering, it means God is constantly speaking. Because every time we are gathering, it's because God is gathering us using the heart of a shepherd to gather us and pass on something to us. And more and more as you look at the scriptures, you realize that even Jesus took his disciples to different places to be able to pass on different things. Can you imagine that what you received at Eastern Gathering over the weekend is not what you're going to receive today? In the room today, there is something unique that God wants to pass on. Yeah, so I want us to appreciate our good shepherd, our papa, apostle, who is wearing a very nice t-shirt. You'll see it when he comes. Apostle, you're a good shepherd. Thank you for always thinking about us today. You could have been home, putting your legs up, relaxing, you know, being with your wife, who you're with even here, but in a more relaxed environment. And your children, the natural ones. But instead, you thought about gathering us and passing on something to us today. Thank you. We thank God for you and your heart. May God give us the heart of a shepherd. Seriously, may God give us the heart of a shepherd. Amen. Be, be seated and let's get into it. I have little time and a lot on my heart to share with you today. When Apostle gave me the opportunity to share today, I was like, Lord, what do you want to say? <laughs> and today I want to speak to people who are, maybe you are already serving God. All of, all of us are already serving God. Wow, pilgrims. Can we first clap to Jesus for that? You're already serving God, but it's possible that you're on the edge. That the enemy has been whispering to you and saying, is this what you should be giving your life to? Maybe there are better things. As you look at your peers, people you grew up with, people you went to school with, and you're comparing your life according, listen, to what the world has defined as success. To what the world has defined as success. Maybe it's your parents who really love you, and according to what they think success is, they're saying you're spending too much time in church. This is not the time for you. You'll do those things later. First pursue something else, and then you can do that stuff later. You're not the first one to be born again. We were saved before you. We are the ones who introduced you to church. I think you're overdoing this thing. You used to be a sensible person, but you've become a little bit too much. You used to be a measured person, but I think you're becoming an extremist. Do you think you might be in a cult? I think they are brainwashing you. Something is terribly wrong with you. You used to be reasonable. Something is wrong with you. I'm here to address those voices today I'm here to address those voices today because you see faith is your shield 
that actually helps you to overcome all the plots of the enemy. Now, the devil knows that the best way to spend your years is to serve God. He knows it. And what he will do, he'll try to slow you down. He'll try to derail you. He'll try to offend you. He'll even show you evidence that what you're doing is not the right thing to do at this time. But there is no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. The devil does, is not wiser than God. My parents are not wiser than God. My parents are wonderful, but they're not wiser than God. My friends who look successful right now don't know my story. God knows the end of my life. He stood at the beginning and at the end and he said, it is good. And he has written in his word and showed us every guide for life, taught us what our lives should be about. So today I'm hoping that as you listen from the time Papa Blesso already shared, showing us that our lives are to be spent, the best use of your life is to serve God. And especially in your youth. Especially in the years of your youth. Those are the ones to invest deeply because when you invest your youth, your latter years are times of harvest. Ah, 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 ah. And let me tell you, when the harvest starts coming, it's unstoppable. Your life enters a space where there is such ease and grace and glory that those who looked like they were succeeding outside of serving God are now coming to you and saying, what is it? Remember what Apostle has talked about farmers and hunters. Farmers, they saw. For us, we saw our lives in the service of God. And as we do that, yes, we still do the other things that normal people do. But what differentiates you is serving God. Everyone else can hold a job. Everyone can be married. Everyone can go to school and get a degree. So do we. But on top of that, we do all that to be able to serve God better. We don't, we don't do the other things and then serving God is the side thing. Have you ever wondered why when you're tired, the first thing you think about is quitting church? I'm telling you, you're stressed at school. You're stressed at home and at work, and then you say church is making me tired. When you investigate, you find that the only time you're spending at church is the evening on MC Live and on Sunday. The rest of the week, the real things making you tired is your workplace, is school, but your first thought, which is not from you, it's from somewhere else. That all the series you're watching and spending so much time on them, and then you have deadlines at school which you're catching up on because you didn't do the coursework, then you say it is church. It's a distraction. The devil is a liar. So here is the thing. Why am I talking to your neighbors? You see, in the room tonight, you're probably, you might wonder why some of the, most of the network leaders are here today. These are the fathers and mothers in the house. And here is the thing. Yes, you can clap for them. Young, vibrant fathers and mothers. Here is the thing. For you to know, if you want to know about where you're going, you can talk to those who are already there. Most of the things you desire right now, you admire in some of these people. But yet, somehow, you don't want to do the things they've done to get where they are. There are mistakes we made that we don't want you to make. You understand? Apostle says he regrets starting the church at 30. Can you imagine? So that's why he's working hard to get us serving in our 20s, in our teens. Because he's, he's thinking, if I had started 10 years earlier, worship harvest 10 years ago would have been where it is now. And therefore, you understand, what would we be now? 10 years to come is what we would be now. 
and 10 years to come. I can't even imagine it. So in other words, the earlier you start, the earlier you succeed. Do you understand? The earlier you start, the earlier you succeed. But the world is going to tell you that that is wrong. Do you know why? What you're doing is not what the world does. It's a strange thing to the world. So you can't listen to the world. That's why it's good to be in a place like this. Fellowshipping with like-minded people. When you're thinking you're too much, you come and find people who are more much than you. Then you're like, I'm okay. Actually, I need to get more serious. That's why you must remain in the assembly of other believers. So today I want to talk to you about five reasons why you should serve God early. I'm starting to like this style of teaching. Five reasons. I like it. Five reasons why you should serve God early. Do you like my message? The people this side don't like my message. Hey, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go to Gayaza and preach. Okay, okay, sit down. Sit down, I tell you the five reasons. Five reasons. Get your notebook and start writing down because you need to go and preach this someone somewhere else in your MC. Five reasons why you should serve God early. Number one, you were saved to serve God. You were saved to serve God. The purpose for which God saved you is that you should serve him. Let me show you. I'm going to show you many verses. First of all, show me Jeremiah 10, 23. A verse I like which God one day opened to me. Jeremiah 10, 23. Read it with me. Oh, Lord. I read it like you believe it. Oh, Lord. I know that that what? The way of man is not it is not in man who walks. You can't be the one coming up with the vision of your life. God, the one who made you, has a purpose for you. He determined it before he put you on the earth. Jeremiah 10, 23. You can't say that you, you have your own personal vision. Those of you who went into career guidance and you have a personal vision of the next 25 years, but you never consulted your maker. Who says all the days ordained to you were written in his book before one of them began. And he has told it to you in his book what your life is about. It's not in man who walks to direct his own steps. To do that is to set yourself up for failure. Exodus 8.1. We are going to read like five. So I need us to read quickly. Exodus 8.1. And the Lord spoke to Moses. No one is reading with me. Go to Pharaoh and say to him. Thus says the Lord. Uh -huh. Let my people go that they may graduate. Why did God insist that we should be set free from the bondages of Pharaoh? we may serve God. Let me tell you, you will never be satisfied in life until you serve God. You can make all the money in the world. You can have children. You'll have a wife or a husband. You can get degrees until you have a high temperature. But let me tell you, if you do not serve God, there will always be a hold. You know why? The real purpose for which God made you was to serve him. Jeremiah 1, 5, from 5 to 10. Jeremiah was a young man. What does, before I formed you in the womb, I, uh-huh, before you were born, this is God speaking to you. I ordained you a what? A prophet to the nations. Then, then Jeremiah said, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a what? For I am a what? 
some of you, you've refused to start mission or communities. You're still hiding or you've kept them small because you think you're too young. What did God answer to this Jeremiah? He said, but the Lord said to me, do not say. Don't let your age disqualify you from the things of God. Paul told Timothy, Timothy, Mama, it's not easy. God told, Paul told Timothy the same thing, that don't let anyone despise you because you're young. These are the years. Timothy was a young man and he was a bishop. Jeremiah was a young man and he was, he was a prophet to the nations. And he said, do not say that I am a youth. But instead, what you shall, you shall go to all to whom I send you and whatever I command you. Serving God involves going and speaking. Going and speaking. Going and speaking. You have to live and you have to talk. And then he shows him that in his going and speaking is where his authority is. Verse 8. Do not be afraid of their faces. Sometimes God is going to ask you to leave people older than you. That's okay. More educated. With more finances. He sent him to nations. Stop thinking you can only lead teenagers. Rise up and take your place. Rise up and take your place. Are you listening to me? God wants to set you over CEOs. God wants to set you over lecturers. God wants to give you authority in your family. Rise and take your place and it will come through serving God. And he says, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Verse 9 and 10, then the Lord put forth his hand and touched what? But some of you are not reading my verses with me. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Uh -huh. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over a youth over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to, eh, to build and to plant. God has set you over your family. God has set you over your schoolmates. God has set you over your peers. Rise up and take your place in serving God. You're going to be able to root out and pull down. You're going to be able to build and to plant if you will rise and start seeing yourself first as a servant of God. A servant of God at the university, a servant of God in the lecture room, a servant of God in the halls of residence, a servant of God at your workplace, a servant of God among your friends, a servant of God in your family. Say, I am a servant of God. What an honor to be a servant of God. What an honor to be a servant of God. You see, what's the main use of a phone? If I gave you a phone and it's not able to make calls or send messages, but it can take very nice pictures and videos. It's a video camera. But it's nice. And it looks like a phone. It can do everything else. But it can't send messages and it can't make calls. That's how some of our lives are. You see, you can use your life to get many degrees, and you should. You can use your life to get married and have children. You can use your life to become a great business person. You can use your life to become a great influencer on social media. But, but you, you will be another thing. Like how you say that that's not a phone. You can't, don't you use your phone to take pictures? In fact, don't you prefer phones that have good cameras? But why would you not buy a phone which does not have the function of making calls and sending messages? 
Because there is a purpose for which it was made. The purpose of a phone is to make calls and communicate basically. So even you, you were made for one purpose. To serve God. And until you tap into it, if you do all these other things nice as they are, you're as good as a phone that cannot send messages or make calls. Point number two. I have little time. What, second reason that, you're going, that you should serve God when you're young. To join the league of great men and women of God who served God early. Serve God so that you can join that league of people. When they say the names of great people, yours should be there. When they say names like Daniel, he was a young man. Joseph was a young man. Uh-huh. David was a young man. Samuel was a young boy. Esther was a young woman. Ruth was a young woman. Jesus was a young man. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was a teenager who carried the savior of the world. What an assignment. Jeremiah was a young man. Timothy was a young man. Do you understand? All the apostles were young men. Apostle Moses was a young man when he began the ministry. A younger man, a younger man. He is a young man. Apostle Moses is a young man. Delete the other statement from the video. You know, I was 21 years old when, when we joined Apostle, when he was launching a church. 21. Pastor Chris Kawesa says he's currently 21. We, we need an investigation. <laughs> I don't know. Your, your hair be, betrays you, sir. What a 21-year-old. The lack of hair betrays him. <laughs> You should serve God before the hair disappears, my friends. Seriously, you guys. You know, people, sit down when I finish. Mary, the mother of Jesus, carried Jesus, the Savior. What an assignment. She carried the Savior of the world. There's an assignment God has for you. And let me tell you, the greatest assignment you'll ever do is to serve God. Is to make disciples. Imagine people, you will meet people in heaven. I'm even going ahead of myself, one of the other points. The fact that your work will be remembered for eternity. You know that? That you'll get to heaven and find people you led to Christ. Families that were reconciled because of you. Bodies that were healed because of your ministry. What else can you do that can do that? Eternity. Whatever else you do, we're going to build houses and buy lands, but we'll leave them behind. But the souls will make it to heaven. Then someone will break down the house which you spent your entire life working to build that cup. Then they break it and say it's out of style. What? And then they build an apartment block where you didn't like apartments. Even, you know, when you write your will, they can, they can contest it after you die. They can even bury you where you refuse to be buried. Yeah, you say, don't want to be buried here. They say it's too inconvenient. We bury you there. You have no power. But let me tell you, when you invest your life in people, in the ministry of serving people, in the church, eternal. Because you can say, I serve people in an NGO. That work stops here. If you only go to people and help them to live well on the earth, but you don't prepare them for eternity, it is useless. Because eventually they will die and go to a worse place than what you found them in on the earth. And you can't help them there. You can't preach the gospel in heaven. It's too late. The gospel must be preached on the earth. 
And it's you and I who are mandated to do so. It's time for a generation to rise that is, that is crazy about the gospel, that are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that know that it is the power of God to salvation. It's time for young women in their 20s and young men to rise up and bring salvation to families, to people in their 50s and 60s, to bring reconciliation and healing, to turn around a generation. It's our time. Join the great league. Ecclesiastes 12.1 says, remember now. Remember when? Remember when? Now your creator in the days of your youth, before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say, this is the time to serve God in the days of your youth. Say, I'm a servant of God. Say it with great pride. I am a servant of God. Woo! Isaiah 2, 2 to 3 says, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house woo, shall be established where? Oh yes, it's on the top of the entertainment mountain, on the top of the family mountain, on the top of education mountain, on the top of the economy mountain, on the top of politics. There is no career you will pursue that is greater than the house of the Lord. It's the greatest honor of our lives. Someone to ask you, what, what, what job do you do? I'm a servant of God. Everything else is just undercover agent. I might be working in MTN, but I'm there on mission. Do you understand? And eventually, I have to let God completely serve God. They ask you, what do you do? I'm a servant of God. Hey, what does that mean? Oh, let me tell you about it. Can you imagine? You're on the payroll of heaven. Hey, how can you lack? It's not possible. It's the highest mountain. Don't be deceived. All these other things. And you know, in our generation, at least here in Worship Harvest, it's going to get to a point where if you're not like a pastor, you are alone. Like you're weird. I'm telling you. It's going to get to a point where we are stopping people and saying, no, 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 wait, okay? We have to first understand you properly before we allow you to plant a church because it's going to be, you see how, like, how they celebrate medical doctors and engineers. It's going to become, you know, right now there's a country in the world that I found out about where they've created a particular visa category where they are asking people to come for religious relief. Like, come and teach people about God. You, you, I will tell you in the break. Because you might go and start trying to go, but they don't even know. You see, for them, they are saying religious relief. Like, they, they've realized the country has become so godless and people are too depressed. They think if you come and talk about God a little bit. Yes. Hey, we are going to send people. Ah, five reasons. I might tell you two more. Four. Mm, mm. Point three, point three. Serving God will save you from many troubles and pitfalls. Mama. You see, when you start serving God, there are people you can't date. Seriously. Suddenly you can't. Because you start imagining how your MC members will hear that you are dating the other girl or the other guy with a reputation. 
there are questions you must answer. Serving God will save you from fake relationships. Fake beloveds. Yeah, because you come, the person wants to date you, you tell them, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a servant of God. Then if they were a hunter and they were coming for particular goods, they say, actually, I want to just be your friend. Because they realize the gate is closed. Huh? You, you even turn them into your disciple. Let me tell you, it will save you from so many mistakes in life because you have so much accountability. They're always asking you, who is that you were with? I mean, Pastor Jeremy and I, when we started hanging out, Apostle put us point blank in front of the whole team. Say, there are people who have been sitting together too much. We want them to tell us here what is going on. And at that point, me, Pastor Jeremy, was just being nice to me. He had not told me anything. I was innocent. So Apostle asked us there, in, we were in Ginger, we had gone for mission, we were sitting there outside, I remember, it was dark under the moonlight. Hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. You people, keep quiet, I have to finish my points. No, we were many people, all of us, all of us, the whole team, we were under the moonlight. About 13 or 17 of us. And Apostle said, hey, hey, I want to ask a question. There are two people here who are always together all the time. Because Pastor Jeremy would say for me, a seat in the front in the coaster would be the only ones with the driver in front. And would be sharing scripture. would be sharing scripture and doing and sharing and, and also memorizing verses yeah. the romance pack your understanding your people my go away pastor angela after the pain, make me smile again. Anyway, Apostle asked us, and then Pastor Jeremy dryly said, Ah, well, I like her. And that's what happened. <laughs> then, then they said, What do you mean? What do you mean? Then he said, All of you are above 18. I like her the way a man likes a woman. I was shocked. That the boys are coming to Pastor Jeremy for some notes. <laughs> you guys, please sit down. Keep quiet. Keep quiet. This is the most important point. You guys, serving God will save you from fake beloveds. Because there are people in your life who are asking you. You see, to be a shepherd, you have shepherds. Who is that one? Do you know them? Be careful. I know this and this about them. They find out, are they a tither? What's going on? Hey, whoa. They ask you so many questions. Why? To save you from a life of pain. The pitfalls of having sex before you're married. Seriously. Those are the things that the desires of youth right now, the body is hot. It's burning. And that's why we're saying marry early. 
But don't marry anyone. When you're serving God, your eyes are open and ears to who to marry, who not to hang out with. You also marry fellow servants of God. This is a good place to find a beloved. Oh, yes. Let me show you a verse. Do you want to see a verse? It was written to a young man who was serving God. 2 Timothy 2.22. Read it with me. What does it say? What's the first word? Flee also youthful lusts. And it tells you how to flee youthful lusts. How? Pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace. How? With those who call on the Lord. When you find a company of faith, other people who are serving God, and you start pursuing God, ah, it just saves you from, you still feel the things other people feel, but you're saved from the pitfalls and the traps of falling into things. Serving God will save you from those pitfalls. Sexual temptation. Common mistakes that people made. Backsliding and becoming cold. Wealth without sorrow. All those things are there for you. Point four and five quickly, then you sit down. Point four and five. There's a promise of prosperity for those who serve God. Job 36, 11 says, If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years. And unless you don't believe God to be, if you think God is a liar, then you won't believe this. But if you believe God to be true, it shall come to pass. The verse, Malachi 3, 16 to 18. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. And the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and those who meditate. There is a book of remembrance in heaven for those who fear the Lord. Verse 17. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I make them my jewels. And I will spare them as a man spares his own son who... And then verse 18, read it slowly. Then they shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God and one who does not. In other words, the ones who don't serve God are in the category of the what? The wicked. And those who serve God are in the category of the what? God is determined to make a distinction between those who serve him. And those who don't, it's a matter of time. It, it, let me tell you, if you choose to serve God, just give it time. Let's meet 10 years from now. And those who did not serve God, there will be a clear... In every area of your life, there's a distinction. Because this is what the scripture says in Psalm 35 verse 27. Because some of you like to quote it without seeing the last part of it. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually... Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his what? Can we declare that last part? Because they say we are supposed to declare it continually. Say it. Let the Lord who has pleasure in the prosperity of his again. Let the Lord be who has pleasure in the prosperity when you choose to serve God, it gives him great pleasure to make you prosper. He watches over your life to make sure you prosper. So that those who laughed at you in the beginning can be the ones coming back to say, there is a God. The last point, point five, serving God 
will give you a life of significance. Not success, significance. Because guess what? Do you know, right now, do you know how many lives have been changed because of apostle? Serving God. Do you think as an architect, you would have changed your family and delivered you from depression and sexual addictions and, 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 and I don't know, drunkenness? Do you think that you would now be also serving God and loving people because he was an architect? What if he was the greatest architect in Africa? Would you even know him or care? It would only make his family prosper. But when you choose to serve God, you, you become a reference point for the prosperity of thousands of families. They say, because of this woman, my child was saved. Because of this man, my father was healed. Because of this one, my father got born again. Because of this one, my marriage was healed. That's what happens. It's an opportunity to live a life of significance. There is nothing that compares to it in the world. And the world is going to lie to you to give you temporary success. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. God wants people. Yesterday, Apostle sent me to teach Worship Harvest Nairobi. And I was teaching them on Zoom. And right after that, I got a message from someone who obeyed immediately as teaching on honor. And they said they tested to call their father's phone number. And the father picked. And they said they had last spoken to their father when they were 11 years old. They are now 35. You think if I had been a good social worker, I would have helped that person? For the rest of my life, when she remembers how her relationship with her father was saved, she'll remember me. And yet I have no power to do anything. I simply gave the word of God. The families you're going to rescue the lives you're going to turn around, the addictions God is going to use you to break, the souls you'll bring into eternity. Serve God. There is nothing better than serving God in your life. Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things you desire, they'll be added to you. There is no loss in serving God. It's the greatest honor of your life. It will matter in eternity. And you will spend your days making other people succeed. And one day when you appear before the Lord, what a glorious day it will be. When there are millions saying, because of you, my life was wonderful. Amen. Say, I am a servant of God. And it's a great honor.